This is also a seum of Mesech the Kedushin. The Verta from Pasuk Binyam and Zev Yitroff and the Brachas that Yaakov gave to the sons to Binyam and he said you are like a wolf that tears or grabs. There are two meanings to this word. So Targum Onkelos interprets it this way. It's in his land, in his part of Yisrael that the Shechina will dwell. And in his inheritance will the Mikdash be stationed, placed. The Targum Yenisam Nazil Zokt of them that Targum interprets it this way Binyamin Binyamin is a, a strong firm Shevet tribe like a wolf that tears, that grabs in his land in his section of Yisrael will the 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 Shechina, the dwelling of the master of the universe, will dwell in the land of Binyamin. That's where the Beis Hamidrash was in the section of Binyamin. Ubachsante, and it's in his inheritance, in his part of Israel that he inherits. Yasvina base Mikdasha will the base Hamikdash dwell. That's where it'll be stationed. If you look at it on the surface, main and both of these these targums, the targum unculus and the targum yisumnazil, seem to be saying the same thing. Is over the ragachava masber. However, the ragachava go and explains as sizda achilat shishin zay that there is a difference between the targum unculus and the targum yisumnazil. Bachsante yasven mikdasha meint. In his section will the Mikdash be placed. That means Mokim Muktash Ladamin. That is referring to the place that is sanctified in regards to blood, meaning the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach was where the blood was sprinkled. So that's it's referring to the Mizbeach. Be the day in Levi and Gemara, as the opinion of Levi brought in the Gemara as the Chaluk from Yisoid HaMizbeach, Avolcha Nisnim Domim that the section of the basically what it means is that the Mizbeach was partially on the section of Yehud uh, of Binyamin and partially on the section of Binyamin that's where the two that's where the two sections met right by the Mizbeach a section of the Mizbeach was on most of the Mizbeach was on the section of Binyamin a small part of it was on the section of Yehuda however Levi says that the section, the yesoid, meaning the foundation that went the very bottom layer of the mizbeach, what's called the yesoid, this foundation, over which the blood had to be sprinkled, is bechelkel shubinyamin. Chelkel as it's called in the Gemara, it's in the section of binyamin, the section of binyamin zev yitrof, the one uh, which is essential to the blood they connected with binyamin zev yitrof and that the area where the blood could be sprinkled was specifically in the section of Binyamin. So that's what is meant by Mikdosha. 
the mikdash, the holy place, means the holy place for the sacrifices of blood, which is the section of the Mizbeach where the blood was sprinkled. That was in the section of Binyam. O midbach santa yasana base mikdasha. The in his place is the base hamikdash. He adds the word base in the tenet targum yenisim nazil. The base hamikdash bechlal. It's talking about the base hamikdash in general, not specifically the mizbeach. It's talking about the whole base hamikdash. Vosis bechalko shul teru binyamin, which was in the section of binyamin. So there's a difference. One is talking about the mizbeach. One is referring specifically to the mizbeach. One is referring to the base hamikdash in general. So we have to understand it. What is the meaning of the machlekes between the two targums, whether it's referring to the Mizbeach or it's referring to the Beis Hamikdash? And what are the reasons? Especially that they both introduce it. The introductory words are exactly the same. In his section of Eretz Yisrael, Binyamin's section of Eretz Yisrael, will the Shekhinah dwell. And then they go to in divergent opinions about whether this is referring to the Mizbeach specifically or to the Beis Mikdash in general. So what is the meaning of this Machleikas? Why do they argue about that? Beis. So we'll understand this by first explaining. We have to understand why is it that a number of the Shvatim are compared to animals. Gur Ari Yehuda, for instance, Yehuda is compared to a, a, a lion cub. Don Nochash, Don is compared to a, a serpent. Naftali Ayola, Naftali is compared to a gazelle. Or Biz Lassiyum, Binyam is a Vitrav, till the very last shape of Binyam is compared to a wolf. What is the meaning of comparing them to animals? What does it add to understanding the matter being discussed? What Yaakov is trying to say is that there is a certain quality which happens to be also the quality which a certain animal has. But he's trying to say that this Shevet has a certain quality. For instance, Yehuda has might like a lion that has might and so on with all the other qualities that are found in certain animals that are attributed to a certain shade but what, why is it more clear, why is it better to explain it in terms of an animal having that quality in order to understand that the shade had this quality and not simply say Nish Giber of the Torah, we could have simply said that the Yehuda is a Giber a powerful shade Ibn Yamin is Torah has the quality of Whatever Tayrif means, we'll see later. nor but rather Yaakov chooses to name them as the lion and the and the the wolf and so on. says in in is the teva fun In other words, the certain characteristic that this shevet possesses also is ca- is uh, a characteristic that a certain animal has. So it comes out that by Yaakov choosing to compare them to animals, it comes out that the characteristic that he is talking about is not the characteristic as it is as humans have that characteristic, 
but it's as animals have that characteristic. Those particular animals have that characteristic. The reason that um, Yehuda is powerful is because he has a certain characteristic of a lion, of that, lo- of that animal. Same with all the other ones that we mentioned. Oich is moving. We also, uh, it can be inferred also. As chotz yeder enifan dushvatim habim hotzalib agiviset chuna dimitz avashtimta chayet. That although, as we explained till now, each shevet has a certain characteristic in which it could be compared to a certain specific animal. Isaber, however, there is more to it. The tzada shabah from chayes haoras bechalal is fabunamit and tzada shabah from dushvatim bechalal. That now that we have compared certain shvatim to certain animals, there is something about animals as a whole, certain characteristics that characteristics that animals as a whole share, and that the shvatim also share that general characteristic, because they're chosen to be compared to animals. So it's not only about a specific tar- characteristic of specific animals for each shevet but they're compared to animals so the general characteristic of what of certain things that animals share the shvatim also have that characteristic the common denominator between animals so we have to understand what are those what are these things which animals possess characteristics and that Yaakov chooses to point them out in the shvatim in regards to the certain characteristics of a number of animals, at the end of Masech the Kedushin, the Gemara says as follows. Tanya, we learned in a Brisa, Rav Shimon Shimon Loza said, I have never seen a, de- a deer that is uh, dries fruits, that his business is drying fruits like uh, you know, drying dates drying uh, figs and so on that was like uh, something that they did I never saw a lion that's a porter carries uh, packages I saw, never saw a fox which is a storekeeper yet yet they find their needs their food and so on without any difficulty they always come across their food they always find a way, manage to find their food. And the animals were only created in order to serve me, to serve the Yidin, or to serve humankind. Whereas I was created to serve my master, to serve Hashem. So so if it's true about these animals, they were only created to serve us, the humans. Yet they find their parnasa, their needs, without any difficulty. And I, who was created to serve Hashem, is it not? Should it not go without saying that we should be able to find our needs without any difficulty? But we find that humans have trouble finding parnasa. It doesn't go easy. Hello, so the answer is I have corrupted my behavior therefore I diminished my parnasa because of my corrupt behavior as it says in the Pasuk 
your sins have skewed what should really be it should be that you should have Parnasa easily but because we commit sins that's why it gets skewed our life gets skewed and it doesn't go straight and simply that's what the Gemara says the Farshim Zanimazbir so the commentaries explain as the Fashidin Amine Umnes that these uh, professions that are named in the Gemara here which is Kayit somebody a uh, fruit dryer Sabal a porter a Chembani a storekeeper Zanimazim to the Tchunas Tibis from the Chayis are actually in line with the natural abilities of these particular animals to which they are attributed it sounds funny to say uh, a fox that's a storekeeper but it is actually a muscle for something that these animals do possess certain characteristics that they possess the tchunuf the the characteristic of a, of a deer is was be'eser shloft is ena achas psucha a deer the Gemara says when he sleeps one eye, he's always sleeping with one eye open in other words, other words always paying attention even when he's asleep and that kind of characteristic is very uh, that, that works well for somebody that is going to be in the business of drying fruits why? because what do you do? you spread out your figs in the field to dry under the sun but somebody's got to watch it otherwise other uh, animals will come to eat it others will come and take it so the deer always has to be alert to be able to see if anybody is coming to steal his fruits Ari, a lion Vasir is a giber he is the strongest amongst the animals is Masim, Suzayin, Asabo seems uh, very it's likely that he, his, his job would be a porter, somebody that can carry heavy loads Noisimasois, carrying loads Ashuol, a fox, leaves and Pikhus because a, uh, we know that the fox is a clever animal is Mesul Zainachemini therefore has it in him to be able to do business like a, like a storekeeper has to handle you have to be able to uh, say a price and argue and uh, debate and so on that he earns his money by buying and selling and so on for that you need to be clever so they, the, if they were in business these are the businesses that they would most likely be in but this in itself needs to be explained why does he list in the Gemara only these three professions which are aligned with the abilities of these animals why doesn't he list other types of professions which could be aligned with other types of uh, characteristics of other animals the dogma for instance that a gazelle because it's so quick and it can run fast because it's able to run so fast would be a perfect candidate to be a messenger can get somewhere quickly yet we don't find that the Gemara says did you ever see a gazelle that is that is a messenger why doesn't he say that why doesn't he list other types of why does he choose specifically these three the Maimer Hanal from Rav Shemim this same 
sort of statement that Rav Shimon Loza made in the end of Masech the Kedushin. But over there, where we're going to mention now, it's said in the name of Rav Meir rather than Rav Shimon Loza. And with a small change in the order in which he, uh, Rav Shimon Loza presents it over there, it's, it's presented in a different order. And Bahisafa also adding another element. It's also brought in Yerushalmi with these differences that we just mentioned. It says there, Did you ever see in your life a lion that is a porter? And a deer which is a fruit dryer? And Shul Chemni, a fox which is a storekeeper? And Ze'ev, and a wolf that sells pots. So there's a change in the order. He puts over here the, the lion before the deer, and in the, in the Bavli he puts the deer before the lion, and he also adds the seller of pots for a wolf. It's sort of beers that we have to understand. Number one, it is Magdim Sabo Farkai. It's as I said, he puts the uh, porter, the lion, before the fruit dryer. But Fratas, as the Seder Aroi is, why does he put the, the order differently, especially in light of the fact that it would make it seems logical that the order, the proper order is as they were listed in the Bavli why so? because the order should it would seem be first the deer and then the lion because that is actually if you if you are in the business of drying fruit, that would be the order that it would happen. First, you have to dry them in the field, which is tzvikai. It's the deer, which is the the fruit dryer. The nach when then when they're already dried and you put them into containers, barrels or whatever it is that you put them into containers. Then you have to have the lion that should be able to carry them, to transport them. That will bring them to the retailer to sell them. So the order seems correct. The deer that dries them, the, the lion that transports them, the fox that sells them. But the Yerushalmi has a reverse order for the first two. The Doiche Godel Leimeras says Mahapech Asedik Deitzamagdan Zemari Sabal, and it's difficult to say that the reason that the Yerushalmi reverses the order is because it wants the lion to be first. Why? Because Val Eres Melech Shabachai because the lion is the king of all the animals. Therefore, by rights, the lion should be first. But it's difficult to say that that's the reason. Because if that was the way that the Yerushalmi was presenting the order based on the importance of the status of the animal, so then right after the, the lion should come the fox. Because a fox also has a certain leadership position, the because he is the most clever of all the animals. So therefore if you want to go by order of status then the lion is the, the king the fox is the most clever so he should be next and then could come the uh, the deer Oich, another, another thing another reason why the fox should come second in, in characteristic in the type of animal that it is 
a, a fox is much closer to a lion than a deer is. Because a deer is a herbivore, it eats only plants, whereas a fox and a lion both are carnivores, they eat meat. So therefore it would seem that the lion and the fox should go together if that's the kind of order that you're putting them in. So therefore the question comes back, clearly that's not the order that the Shalmi meant. So the question is, why do they put the, the lion before the deer? Number two, another question. The Yerushalmi is Meisiv Zeiv Mechikteris, where the Yerushalmi adds another profession, which is the the the, fa, the wolf that sells pots. A third question. It would. What is added by saying that a wolf that sells pots? Something that was not mentioned before. We already mentioned a seller of objects the fox, which is a storekeeper, without mentioning what particular item he sells. So what is added by the wolf selling specifically pots that isn't already included in the fox that sells all manner of merchandise? The teichenim zayinzit is elbasog. Essentially, they're the same exact thing. Achemini is in Limker, the storekeeper, that's what he does, he sells. So what's added? Why does he have to add the uh, wolf that sells pots. A fourth thing we have to uh, we have to understand. What's the connection? Why is the wolf? Why is his character somehow tied up in selling pots? We explained the other three, but what's the connection between a wolf and selling pots? There are commentaries that explain it as follows. Since selling pots is a very simple simplistic type of uh, occupation therefore the seller doesn't have to be the wily the clever fox anybody can do it anyone can do it so, and that's why it's different you know you can have a wolf doing that as well but it doesn't really explain it. Because from the way it's written there, it seems that by by saying that, what you're saying is that in order to sell pots, you need no qualities. But that's not how what it seems that the Gemara is saying. It would seem that the Gemara is saying that there is a certain quality that a, a wolf has, which makes him the right per, uh, animal to sell pots so it is a quality not just the lack of a quality which leaves him with nothing to do other than sell pots is similar to the earlier uh, qualities that were expressed by the professions that were attributed to them as we explained before that these three professions are connected to the type of animal that it was given to We'll understand this by first explaining something to focus in on the words of Rav Shimon Since he, in his Kalvachaymer, he spells out So if these animals that were only created to serve me they find their needs without any difficulty so I who was created to serve Hashem needless to say that we should be able to find our Parnassah without difficulty 
So he says the whole thing there. He gives the reasoning there. If so, why does he have to say the whole thing earlier? Because he repeats that whole concept. If you look back to what he said, they were not created only to serve me, and I was created to serve Hashem. So if they who were created to serve me can get find the promise without difficulty, I was created to serve Hashem, for sure I should be able to, to find my needs without difficulty. He repeats the whole thing twice. Why does he have to repeat the whole thing twice? So the explanation is the kavan of from is what is the intent, the purpose of all everything that was created in the world? So everything was created in order to make way for the Jewish people, to make it possible for the Jewish people, to make it easier for the Jewish people. And the Yidden are the reason why everything in the world was created to begin with. Whether we're talking about the, the vegetative growing things or animals or even humans. The Rambam dwells at length in his introduction to the, his commentary on Mishnayis. In the introduction he says, all everything that exists under the moon, under the uh, the orbit of the moon, nimtzu b'shvila adam levade were made are here only for the humankind. The chol minachayis yeshlan lemacholi and there's all kinds of animals which are available for the human to eat. Kitzayno bakar like sheep and cattle. There's olasim as well as other animals. The yeshman l'toya olasim and there are other things which are there for other kinds of benefits. Bezulasim acholi besides for eating, other benefits other than eating like a donkey which is created to carry heavy objects that the human is unable to carry and horses were created so that he can travel to a distant place where he can't walk so far but a, a horse is able to so all the animals were created in order to provide certain services for the human the same is true for trees and other things that grow and the same is true also for other humans other than Jews in order for the perfect person meaning to say the creation that Hashem created for the purpose of learning Torah and pursuing intellect godly intellect and to do his good deeds which is of course referring to the Yidden there has to be an entire world with all kinds of humans with all kinds of abilities and talents that should make available to him everything that he needs all the things that a person needs in order to go through life so that the Yid can spend his time and uh, and his uh, ability to learn Torah and to be able to uh, acquire wisdom and knowledge with the Rambam is as the Rambam explains in the Adama and the introduction to Pirush Mishnayis at length. So in other words, the whole world and everything in it was created for the Jewish pro- uh, project. Thus haste. 
What that means is, as the tafkit from Allah Sugin Evraim, that the purpose of every kind of creation, including also the uh, descendants of Noyach, the non Jewish people, is as his own sushtel na'idin zainet starchasun, so that they can make available to a yid whatever they need, that yid needs, of a melevetazich kenen oisig zain, and therefore the Yid will be able to spend his time learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. So that's understood, that's a general concept which is understood. When Rabbi Shimon Alozer is Meisif Machadish, so Rabbi Shimon Alozer adds to this and he brings a new novel idea to this. As Dosvos Vehim Nivru that which all of the other creations were created only in order to serve me, the Yidin, is Tzulib, is for the purpose. Why are they created in order to serve me? Because is because I was created to serve Hashem. That's why they were created in order to serve me. He links the two together. The fact that the reason why the deer and the, the lion and the fox and the were created with this ability to be able to be a dryer of fruit or a porter or a storekeeper is not just they could be available, they could be useful to the human, and that's the end of it. No. Their way of serving humankind or the yid is in such a way that were created with the ability to serve humankind the following way: as a zozaim by They serve me. They were created with the talent to be able to serve the yid, so that the yid, in such a way that the yid should be able to serve Hashem. Their talents include the a specific talent in order to make it easy for a yid to serve Hashem, easier for a yid to serve Hashem. through fulfilling In other words, that the animal's talents are also created with the general program in mind. How can yidin serve Hashem better? We have a lion that can do something that can make his life better. And it's specific to this way. In order for a yid to be able to change, bring about a change in the world to a specific object in the world, which is the purpose of the whole creation. To be able to transform something of the physical world into an object which is connected to a mitzvah and holiness. And he does this through fulfilling the mitzvah. Before a yid is able to do that, it needs three talents. The three talents which are um, which are offered by what is a, a like a fruit dryer, a porter, and a storekeeper. Because these three talents, they are what prepares the world in general, the objects in the world. That you should now be able to fulfill a mitzvah with the matter in the world, with the stuff of the world. It needs these three preparations. I will, I will explain. As he will explain. The time was lopayel ver de umnus and kayets nish durke fir durk tzvi kiloyre isi tzvi. So it would seem 
that it should be the uh, the deer which has the talent of a certain talent which is needed in order to prepare the world for a mitzvah but we don't find that it's actually a deer that does that in fact that's what the Gemara says Rav Shemel said I've never seen a deer do fruit drying in other words that he, the deer is not actually involved in this kind of preparation Yesh Loimar so that can be explained while Virajboz Mesayim B'mamari as Rav Shimon Lozer concludes his statement the reason is because it should really be that way it should be the deer and the lion and the, the uh, fox which should be providing those preparatory activities which are needed for a year to be able to carry out a mitzvah with a certain object in the world However, as Rav Shimon Loza says, the reason that it doesn't get done by, li- by animals is because we corrupted our ways. And that's why now we have to do it ourselves. Just like corruption of our, of our behavior caused us to have to work hard in order to make a living, that I've diminished my ability to be able to provide parnasa for myself. In fact, the very reason that a yid has to do any work at all in order to provide parnasa, it should come like fall from heaven, like it did in the midbar. The truth is that that's how it should come. But as Rav Shimon Ben Yechai said, if the yidin do the will of Hashem, then all of their work would be done by others. We wouldn't have to do any work. It's only, it's only because we don't do the will of Hashem. Then we are left to do our own work. We have to do our own work. So in other words, not only would the, uh, does it become more difficult because of our corruption, the, reason, the very reason that we have to do anything is only because of our sins. So just like it's true over there, the general concept of uh, having to work in order to make a living, or work hard in order to make a living, in a similar way, and, and even more so, in order that we should be able to do a mitzvah. There is certain preparations that have to do, be done to physical matter in order to make that possible which normally we would have expected that others should do that and we should only be left to do the actual mitzvah everything should be ready and prepared so that we could do the mitzvah but that doesn't happen we first have to make all kinds of preparations why is that? because of the sins but who would have done it otherwise? the lion and the deer or the deer and the lion and the fox originally it should have been done by then or at least if not the actual animals doing it by the, uh, the other nations around us which are also compared to different types of animals so they would have done it but we wouldn't have had to do it so that explains why it's not actually the animals that do it it ends up having to be done by us but the animals teach us they were created in such a way that they teach us what are the three steps of preparation that have to be done in order to be able to 
transform the world's matter into holiness. There are three preparations which need to be done, which I'll explain now. Hey, the Teichem from the Drei Umnes and now, what is, what, are the, what is the meaning of these three professions? Which make them the preparation for being able to do a mitzvah with worldly matter. We'll understand that by first seeing what are, what are the simple meaning of these three professions. The Drei Sugeyom Umni is an Aizgishtobat The three categories of professions come in the Gemara in a in an orderly fashion. It starts from the simplest and works its way to a more sophisticated one. Tzvikayitz, a deer which which dries fruit, as Rashi says, Miyabish Ktsiyas Basada, he dries the uh, the figs in the field. Tafkida is to bring in the Ktsiyas Basada. His purpose is to bring the figs into the field in Amokam Goli to a place which is a place an open place, where the purpose is so that it's in the sunlight, in direct sunlight. Unhitten, so that that's what dries them. Unhitten has his own daughter and meant to make sure that they remain there. until they become properly dried. and they reach their perfection. Because when the figs are dried, they no longer rot. Now they can be stored for a long time and enjoyed for many months after. So that's what the simple, that's the meaning of the Tzvikayetz. Ari Sabal, what is the lion that's a porter? Noisem Asois, he carries heavy packages. His job is to bring them from one place to another. Transportation. The Tafkit from Ashul Chenveni. What is the mission, the purpose of the storekeeper, the fox that's a storekeeper? Is Nizhda Shinimokam for the Tzvikayetz. The store is not it's not about changing the place it's not about changing the. it's from here to there that's not what the idea is no the shinu yishusu bailus what it means a storekeeper means he takes something that he owns and transfers it to your ownership so it's not a change of place it's a change of ownership the is on ibigain from enu yishusu bailus not say that they should go from the ownership of one person to another person bekitzer if you want to capture it in one word, aguf, the difference is changing the object itself, which is done by the by the deer, and hamakim, the changing the place, which is done by the lion, and habailus, changing the ownership. Inyanam aruchni, what is what is the what are these three differences? What do they how do they translate into the spiritual? purpose of the world is there these are all three preparations which are needed to bring to be brought to physical matter in order for that physical matter to be able to be used in a mitzvah tzvi kayetz what does the uh, deer accomplish there are many situations in which there are th- situations where the yid is prevented from doing a mitzvah because number one, and fell the idea is he 
he lacks the enough knowledge to be able to know what is the situation exactly. For instance, there are certain mitzvahs which are connected to when a person's life is in danger, so then you could do this, this is what you should do, what you need to do. But since he's not a doctor, he doesn't know whether this is a, cert- a situation which is life-threatening, so he has to consult with the doctor to know, is this a situation which is life-threatening? If it is, then he'll know what to do. But until he knows wh- what the situation is, he doesn't know what to do. Other al Arov had gesagt, or as, uh, sorry, not Arov, no, but Rav. Adalach Rav had gesagt, the, the uh, sage of the Gemara, Rav, said, I spent 18 months with a shepherd of sheep, behema of animals, I had to know for the purpose of you know whether a firstborn is considered a balmum so you have to know whether it's a permanent mum or it's a trans, you know transitory mum it's, it's a problem now it'll go away it'll heal itself so in order for Rav to know which are the permanent mum and which are not he spent 18 months with an animal with an expert in animals to be able to see to learn that profession Without knowing that, he wouldn't know what is a mum and how to treat the bechayr, how to apply the mitzvah, the Torah to that bechayr. So that's one way. You don't know what the situation is. You don't know the status of this object in order to know how to perform a mitzvah with it. Another thing, the zachtav zayn sugegreit the uh, the object that you want to use has to be made suitable for the mitzvah for which you want to use it for. For instance, it should be in a state of perfection in order to be able to be used for the mitzvah. For instance, if you want to make a period film, you need to have parchment. And tefillin are such an important mitzvah, the whole tefillin is compared to tefillin. So in order to get this parchment, first you have to flay the skin off the animal. You have to separate the, the different types of skin into two separate uh, layers of skin. Uh, and then you have to tan the leather to make it, uh, you know, dry it and make it into parchment from skin. You know, which is the process of making leather. So, in in order to be able to, you have a skin of an animal, and you want to make film out of it. There are many steps of process before you can make it into film. So you have to do be able to do those things. And that is the kind of profession that the Gemara, the, the Mishnah describes for a deer which dries fruit. As the Metzius from the Zach Ta'ina, so the kind of First of all, he has to bring it out into the sunlight, which means that the, the object which you're using has to be brought into the light so that you can understand clearly what its status is. And to be able to, whether this is a mitzvah or not a mitzvah, how to apply the mitzvah, and so on. That's number one. Nor in a matzah from baloich nekayd enofnekayd has to be in a, in a, in the light, so that it's understood what is necessary. 
in order to have a clear understanding no. so you have a clear understanding what is necessary how the mitzvah applies then there is the second thing to make bring it to a state of perfection just like the figs which are fresh and therefore easily spoiled you have to bring them to a state of perfection where they're dried and therefore able to be stored for a long time and only then are you able to properly carry out the mitzvah that you need to like the skin of the film so you have to prepare it in order to be, bring it to its perfection in order to be able to do the mitzvah and I'll explain a little more further that's the first profession the second profession as, as a preparation for mitzvahs Ari Sabo, the lion, which is the porter, brings things from one place to another, the Shinim Makim, the change of place. The Chaifetzal Onkumetzal Makim, Vuder Id Gefinsach, you have to make the object available to the Yid that's going to do the mitzvah. So you have to bring it to the place where the Yid is, as all the Mitkenim Makim and the mitzvah, he can fulfill the mitzvah with it. And this is true especially when you have an object which is perfectly permitted for use and therefore could be used in the performance of a mitzvah. It's an object which a yid is able to and therefore must and do, should do a mitzvah with it. However, the problem is the object of what you want to use for the mitzvah is in a place where a yid shouldn't be there he can't go to that place in order to take it, or take it from there Ledugma, <coughs> it means spiritually cannot get there it doesn't mean that he physically can't get there that was mentioned originally now he's talking about where spiritually morally you can't go there for instance the object that you need happens to be in a marketplace which is run by the church so a yid is not allowed to go there. Other ashukshal zainus, or in a place of immorality, where also a yid should not go to such a place, and therefore can't go there to get it. Okay, yitzvah, or a similar thing. Muzman onkum to the umnus fanari sabos. You have to have the uh, the uh, the ability that is provided by the lion, the porter. Pas er hadam kayach. He has the ability to transfer the Zach in Atzvetan art from one place where you have no access to it to a place where you do have access. For the Eid, Kendot Sukkum, and the place where Yid is able to reach it, and therefore be able to fulfill the mitzvah, or to turn it somehow, some other way into a holy object. Then there is Shuol Chambani the talent that is for preparation so that a yid could do a mitzvah which is provided by a fox so to speak who is a storekeeper meaning sometimes there could be a situation that is even more difficult in order for a yid to be able to fulfill a mitzvah with a certain object the, the thing which you want to do the mitzvah which has to go through a change of ownership and the change of ownership has to happen before it reaches your ownership there has to be a transfer of ownership 
ahead of you taking ownership of it. And al derech, this could be compared to the situation of Amen Umayyaf Tiru Basikhain. The Rashi, the Gemara says that in order for Amen and Mayyaf to be able to be conquered by the Yidin and made part of Eretz Yisrael, there was a problem because Hashem told the Yidin that they're not allowed to start a war with Amen and Mayyaf. So, and they're not allowed to conquer their lands. So, so how, do, how is Am, the land of Amen and Mayyaf going to be transferred to the Yidin? First, Sichain, Melech HaMayri, the king of Amayri, he went to war with Amon HaMayav, he conquered their land, the Yidin have no problem conquering land from Sichain and Melech HaMayri. So the transfer of ownership from the, the land that belonged to Amon HaMayav went to Sichain, and now it was Tiaru, it became accessible for the Yidin to go to war with Sichain and Melech HaMayri and conquer that land. Had it stayed by... Amen of the Yidin would have no ability to be able to go there and conquer it because they're not allowed to. So there has to be a change of ownership ahead of the Yidin getting involved in the mix so that the Yidin now have uh, access to it and they're able to make it theirs. Today, Eretz Amen in order that the lands belonging to Amen and Eretz Neshavas should become a settled land. When he means settled over here, it was belonged to Yidin, settled by the Yidin. And that the Yidin should now make it into Eretz Yisrael, a holy land to perform mitzvahs there. First had to go through the Sichin, conquered it from them. And then, as I said, the Yidin were able to conquer it from Sichin. And that's the talent of the, the storekeeper. He transfers things from the ownership of one person to another person. And now, it's a yid is able to take control of that. So, in summary, the uh, there are three talents, three preparations that might be necessary for a mitzvah. There is the preparation of making it understood what's how this plays a role in a mitzvah, what has to be done, and then make it um, usable as the mit for the mitzvah. Then there is the tran- the porter that brings it from a place that the Yid is not allowed to go to into a place where he could have access to it. And then there is, sometimes you need even a transfer of ownership in order for the Yid to be able, be permitted to have access to it. Vav. In Yenarishin, the first thing that we talked about, the first condition that is needed for the, by the, by the, the deer, what the deer represents, he divided into two. Make it clear what is happening and then preparing. Make it usable. So in terms of the first thing. So in terms of the first one, which is to, as he said, to bring the, the uh, fruits into the sunshine and to make sure that they are, uh, that they will remain there. Is nishmaspik leidem pirush from kayetz was main kipirush rashi miyabetz ktsiyiz basada. That doesn't yet describe what Rashi, the way Rashi puts it, that the the deer, the kayets, the deer, which is a fruit dryer, he dries the fruit in the field. That is describing a change to the object. So just bringing it into the light, explaining what needs to be done, doesn't make a change yet to the object itself. On the far kumta in that's why it needs a second explanation of what the role of the fruit dryer is. 
that these are things which are pertain to all kinds of mitzvahs so what is that general term that in order for a yid to be able to fulfill a mitzvah with a physical object Kenal betfilun, like for instance, as we said, tfilun, not in the tilus esrig or velulov, or by uh, shaking a lulov and esrig. Darfen zeikaidem kol upketel dverim from zeichibetzum ilon. First, for instance, a lulov and esrig. If you go to the tree of the esrig and you shake the the, uh, the esrig in the tree, you can't do the mitzvah that way. You have to cut the esrig off the tree. You have to cut the lulov off the tree. This is a preparation which is needed in the object of the with which you're going to do the mitzvah. It's not just shining a light on it or guarding it in the field that nobody should uh, bother it, disturb it. You have to actually change it by cutting it off the tree. And that's why he gives the second example of the of uh, uh, what the tzvi kayets represents, pre- explaining the status of it, and then making a change to it as well. The, which he gave the example before of changing leather, uh, skin into leather and so on. Now that they no longer grow from the ground, they've been cut off from their source of life. If similar to the example of a fruit dryer, which means you dry out the figs. <clears throat> so also the esrig has to be cut off from its source of life so that it begin, it's now dry, so to speak. It no longer has a source of moisture coming to it. Only after that, when you cut off the tree from its, uh, sorry, cut off the esrig from its tree, in Yanover, in Italy over there, so that's in Calabria, that's where that's when now you need a boat to bring it across to wherever you're living he's explaining why there are two elements to the Tzvikayats, first of all to illuminate what the situation is and then also to change the nature of that object which is sometimes needed, like in the case of an esrig, you have to cut it off the tree. Valdero says, I In the same two details can be understood also in regards to wool that is needed for tzitzis. First, you have to cut the shear, the wool from the animals, from the animal. It's like drying the fruit. And then you have to bring that wool to wherever the yid can make it in the tzitzis. The same is true for a horn that's needed for a shofar. You have to cut it off the animal and then you have to bring it to wherever it's needed. The schach and the walls for a sukkah. Other, many other mitzvahs that have the same necessary steps and preparation that have to be applied. And even more so by the, the skin that you need for tefillin or mezuzah or zedetayrit. First, you have to flay, skin the animal. Then you have to go through the step of tanning it. That is a very big change. That's not just cutting an esrog off the tree. <coughs> That's cutting it off the animal and then drying it and then and so on. It's a whole 
process in Gufa'ir. It's a very big change to the to the skin. Only then can you transport the leather, the, the parchment, to Mokim Fana'idin to the place where somebody could turn it into tfil. Well, if he says, I need the Tzvei Pratim Tzvi Kayetz Vari Sabal and Yonam HaMachrochem Etamah V'Kamah Mitzvahs. According to this explanation, we see, we come to realize that these two steps in preparation are something which is very common in many, many mitzvahs. Make it uh, ready and then bring it to where it can be used for a, a mitzvah. And that's why we find that there's a change in the way the, the Bavli sees it and in the way the Yerushalmi sees it because the Bavli puts one before the other and the Yerushalmi reverses the order in regards to the deer and the lion. But when it comes to the uh, fox, which is the uh, <coughs> storekeeper, which means the Shina Yerushuz changing the ownership of that object and that this change has to be before it reaches the Yid's uh, ownership in other words, if it was just changing it from somebody's ownership to this Yid's ownership that happens by almost every mitzvah the Yid owns the, whatever it is that he's doing it. but we're talking about a change that has to take place before the Yid buys it as he gave the example before. So that kind of preparation is an it's something which pertains only to a small amount of very specific types of mitzvahs, which are very uncommon. And therefore, over there, we're not going to find a change of the way the Bavli looks at it and the way the Yerushalmi. They deal, they, their differences on, only expressed and things which are common in the preparation for mitzvahs, as will soon be explained. Zion. Based on this, we can explain why it was Yaakov specifically that gave the Shvatim names, associated them with animals. Just like as we described, the meaning of comparing uh, of the chai of the animals being compared, the animals given uh, certain characteristics which pertain to a type of preparation is talking about a preparation for a mitzvah. So that's what the meaning of the animals is in this context. How they prepare something to for kiyum for fulfilling of Torah mitzvahs by Yidden. Which are divided into the, these three categories. That's also the the function of Yaakov and his Aveda of Yaakov and the Shvatim. To bring about a change in themselves and also in the world around them. The preparation for Matan Torah—that's what they did. That's what the Avos and the and the Shvatim did. That they prepared the world themselves and the world for Kabbalah Satayra. Which means, from the time of Avos, Idnam Gedaf Dorch and Dem Golus Mitzrayim, Far Matan Torah is Mavur Bekamim Mekaynes. One of the reasons that is explained for why the Yidden had to go through Golus uh, Mitzrayim 
before Matan Torah. Why did I have to go through Mitzrayim in order to receive the Torah? It's explained as follows. Because before Mitzrayim, the Yidin, and therefore also the world around them, was not yet Roy Umuchshur, fitting and prepared as Menzolkenemachen von the Dvorim Vechveitzim Gashim Machetzeshel Mitzvah Kedusha. That they were not yet ready to be able to transform physical objects into holy objects. The, the Yidin were not ready for it and the world was not ready for it meaning the objects were not ready for it when Mitzrayim is given the Kura Barzel and Mitzrayim was like the smelting pot which, what is a smelting pot? you take iron ore and you boil it, you heat it up until you separate the ore and the, uh, and the, the iron from the rest, the dross the stuff that you don't need so Mitzrayim also refined the Yidden and refined the world. It changed, it caused a refinement in the Yidden when it felt in the world also. It prepared the physical matter of the world as Eden that now they were ready for the Yidden to perform Tayramitsis and therefore transform them into holy objects. That's what happened in Mitzrayim. The Golos Mitzrayim had such angehaben beyidus hashvatim the Mitzrayim. When did Golos Mitzrayim begin? When the shvatim, when the family came to Mitzrayim, tzama mit Yaakov, together with Yaakov. But the ikir masu shol Mitzrayim, but the main heavy, um, the load of slavery and so on, the the uh, overbearing um, Golos of Mitzrayim, only began. After Yaakov died, and also after Yosef died, as the pasuk says that when Yosef died, the, the a new king arose. Then Yosef died early, and the other brothers were still alive. But since Yosef died, that's when it already began. The difficulty of Mitzrayim began. So it comes out, Kumtuis, it comes out as Adi Umnius Pulis. So it comes out that this these three needs that are uh, that are offered by the kind of deer and a lion and so on as they are explained before. in order to prepare the world for the mitzvahs after Matan Taira. So the Mkima Tari Mitzvah so that the Yidin could fulfill Tarimitzvahs. So who started all that? After Yosef died. And the Mitzrayim, the difficulty, the core, the refining of Mitzrayim began by the Golos starting in earnest. So the, the Shvatim were still alive. So they were the first ones that were involved in the work of preparing the world for the Torah Mitzvahs, which means they had to be the the deer and what that offers, and the lion and the the fox, and that's why Yaakov called the Shvatim by the name of the animals because they were the first ones that had to do the work that the animals, as we explained it, offer. 
We already discussed once in the past Baruch at length in Asboros Kamech Lugim as Yerushalmi to explain a number of differences that we find in the way the Bavli presents them and the way Yerushalmi presents them. So it's been explained that Shitas Bavli is the approach of the Bavli. The Talmud Bavli is as yed as in yedn inyan from a that there are often times when we have to weigh the present against the future the present represents presents a certain solution the future presents a certain solution as far as the Bavli is concerned we always side with the present live in the present never mind what the future brings even though if you live in the present and you act in the present it will compromise a better result that could have come if you waited for the future for a later time but the Bible says no, act now in Lashitas Yerushalmi whereas the Yerushalmi goes with the opinion we have to look at what the future will bring and if in the future it will be able to be done in a better way, in a more qualitative way, is the Yisun Shabbat we side with, we opt for the future. Let's wait for the future, for the better situation, and we'll do it then. That's the Machlekes between the Bavli who says, live in the present, the Yerushalmi says, look to the future. As an example, the Shaklevatari do the well known discussion Tsu der Inyan von Zrizemagdimin Lemitzvah is Machriyatz upon the Mitzvah Baut. You have sometimes a situation, like let's say somebody has to have, you're making a bris. And a bris we know that Zrizemagdimin Lemitzvah, that we, we opt, we prefer to do it as soon as possible. You have the opportunity to do a mitzvah, do it now, don't delay. But if you make it now, 7 o'clock in the morning, before people go to work, so then who's coming to a party before they go to work? So they won't, they skip it. If you wait until 6 o'clock, when it's still light, you know, in the summer, when it gets dark at 8, you can make your bris at 6 o'clock after everybody comes home from work, now they're relaxed, now they'll come to the party. So if you make it early in the morning, you'll have a, 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 a minion, but you'll have done it immediately. If you wait till 6 o'clock, there'll be 100 people. 100 people is good because there is a principle also, when you have a large uh, representation, that beautifies the king, meaning Hashem, because many people are involved in celebrating his mitzvah. So which should you opt for? Insight. Whether the fact that if to do it immediately is a mitzvah, whether that outweighs, and you should do it immediately, although by doing it that way, it's not going to be done in the, in the nicest and the most in the most beautiful way possible, which would be to have a large uh, a large uh, representation because Dafkid Demel says Hadas Melech, which only then do you have the quality of the beautifying of the king that many people participated in the mitzvah. Other Mizmachriya, the Mailavi Yisrin from Mitzvah, Menamuvcha Ba'asid, or do we say that wait until the future, till later, till six o'clock, which is many hours later, 
because then it is better to wait until the mitzvah and it's better to wait for later in order to be able to do the mitzvah with many many more people even though then you give up the quality of having done it immediately as soon as possible you give up that you wait until later so you give up the uh, so if you do it immediately you give up the quality of having many people if you wait till then you give up the uh, quality of zrizin of having done it immediately so do you look to the future do you do it now so that's the machleg between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi the Bavli would say do it now the Yerushalmi would say wait for later other or another example when Einahot itzt in Frimorgen from Sukkot's talk if you have at your disposal now on the morning of Sukkot the first day of Sukkot you have a, an Elulav and Esrik Arba Minim but they're not the best Elulav and Esrik they're just as average quality but later in the afternoon you know that somebody is going to come along somebody told you that he's coming with this beautiful esrog and lulav quality stuff so the question is is it better that you should in the morning as soon as you have the opportunity to do the mitzvah of lulav and esrog with the average quality of lulav and esrog or the inferior quality of Lulav and Esrug, or other is Lavartan, or may, may, maybe wait till later in the afternoon, until he gets the beautiful Lulav and Esrug, which takes precedence. So that's the Machlegs between Babli and Yerushalmi. The Babli says, now, the Yerushalmi says, you wait till later to do it in the better way. Test. So just like you have this difference when it comes to the actual performance of the mitzvah, now or later, you can apply the same difference to in regards to the preparatory steps of the mitzvah. Which are indicated, alluded to in the difference between the deer and the lion. By te'enim is enli kitosim ka'achas. The nature of figs is that they ripen in in stages. Not all the the figs on the tree ripen at the same time. Some ripen now, another ne- uh, some more next week, and so on. It keeps going. Yes, eliyesh bi'ilon ze mashe nigmar There are in the tree the figs which became ripened today. Biyesh boi mashe yigmal And then there is figs which will only become ripened later, a few days later. So now, when you have, you look at your tree, and there is a few, a uh, bunch of figs which are already ripe and ready to be picked, ready to be dried. So you have two options. You should pick those figs that are ripe. You take them immediately and you put them into the field to start drying. Tzvikayitz, that's what the uh, the deer does. That's what he does. He, he dries his figs. Or, the other option would be wait until many more become ripe. And then it'll be easier. You take a whole bunch, it's much easier to bring it to the field instead of running every every day with a few, you wait until a whole bunch become ripe, and then you carry the whole thing to the field. 
Of course, then you're going to need the the talent of somebody that can carry a big load. The lion which carries the loads. So that, that's how it is in the physical sense in regards to the, the, the figs. But the same is also in understanding it in the way he explained it that these are really allusions to the preparation for a mitzvah. Should you, <coughs> as soon as possible, do whatever you can in order to prepare something for the mitzvah, tzvikayets like the deer which does that. is nor like you know, like you got a hold of one piece of of skin, and you can immediately tan that piece of the skin, and it'll become a piece of parchment. Or, for instance, you get a piece of, of skin which is not the best piece of skin and it's not going to give the best parchment. So there's a difference. In other words, that both in quantity, you don't have a lot, you have only a little, or a quality, you only have an inferior piece of skin. Or should you opt to wait until you can get much more, or you can get a better quality and prepare that for the mitzvah? And then you'll have a better choice, a better options, more options, and more available to you to be able to do the mitzvah in the best way possible. Should you immediately prepare what the little bit that you have or the inferior quality you have, or wait until more there's more options and then choose which uh, which one you want to do <coughs> which is represented by the arisabal quality quantity when there is more that has to be carried and so on because the different just as the, there's a difference between quality in the actual performance of the mitzvah there is also a difference in the preparation for and preparing the object for the mitzvah. I feel even before you're actually doing the mitzvah. Is the but there also it's important that it should be in the best and the most beautiful way possible, even in the preparation stage. Already then we can apply what the Pasuk says if you take something inferior would you present this to your uh, mayor, to the to leader of your province when you do something for Hashem it should be no less you, you, do, you present only something that you would give to a physical uh, human leader so in other words you should make sure to do it in the most beautiful way possible or as the Pasuk says the best should be given to Hashem. In other words, whatever we give to Hashem, we should make sure that it's the best. is and therefore, even in the preparatory stage, there is also a difference. So even then, it's important whether we are preparing for the mitzvah with a limited amount and whatever is available, or much and the best. 
and therefore we could explain that this is where the difference is between the way the Bavli sees it and the way Yerushalmi sees it. According to the Bavli, since according to the Bavli, as we explained before, we look to the present, and what you have now is what's most important. So you opt to do it immediately. You have something to start the preparation. Start now. That's how the Bavli sees it. And that's why the Bavli lists the Tzvi, the Deir first. Because the Deir represents doing it now. Preparing the little bit that you have. Even though what you're doing now only is a small amount, even its quality is also not the best. But that's what the Bavli says. Start immediately with uh, with Tzvi, you know, the the first step of preparation. But on the other hand, the Yerushalmi says, was the was the Bereiv Am. According to Yerushalmi, in regards to the bris, you wait until later because you have more people then, and that's the better mitzvah. So you give up on doing it immediately, and you wait for the better, the most perfect way that you can do the mitzvah. But the same would be true also in the preparatory stages of the mitzvah. As a svekt iber. That it's better to wait until you can get a large amount and better stuff and wait till then. That's represented by the lion which carries a bigger load, there's more and so on. And that's what the Yerushalmi lists first. The Yerushalmi puts the lion before the deer and that explains why the Bavli puts the deer before the lion and why the Yerushalmi puts the lion before the deer Yud based on this we can now explain why the Yerushalmi adds the, the element of the wolf selling pots the connection between a, a wolf and the selling of pots is understood the way the Gemara differentiates between a lion and a, and a wolf. As an Ari Deiriz Ve'eichel, the Gemara says that a lion claws its prey and eats it immediately. It claws it and begins to eat immediately. Miyad. When a Zev wears a wolf, Teiriz Ve'eichel, he mauls or grabs in, in this sense I think he means the word grabs because as he says he takes his prey after he kills it he drags it to his lair and eats it over there the difference is a lion is not afraid of the other animals coming to interfere with his meal nobody's going to have the nerve to start up with a lion whereas the wolf has to be concerned about other animals coming to share in his meal, he doesn't want to share the meal so he drags it to his lair and eats it there in private where nobody else knows about it. That's how the Gemara explains the difference. But in the end, both of them enjoy the way they do it, they both enjoy it. The, the Gemara talks over there about that they will say to the snake 
we can understand the lie and the way why he kills an animal. He kills it in this way, eats it there. The wolf kills the animal in the way he kills it, he drags it to his lair, eats it there. But they're enjoying the reason that they killed an animal. They have benefit, they eat it. But what is a, why does a snake bite an animal, kill a, someone? You're not eating it anyway. What are you killing it for? That's what the Gemara talks about there. And inadvertently, uh, as an aside, explains the difference between a lion and a wolf. So from this difference we understand as in the that as far as the as a lion is concerned, he has no need for pots. Meaning, if, of course, figuratively, he has no need for a pot. When you have a pot, what does it mean? You wait with your meat. You don't eat your meat raw. You don't eat it right away. You cook it. You have to wait until the pot finishes cooking the meat. Because a lion has no need for any of this. He claws the animal and begins to eat immediately, right on the spot. He has no. He doesn't want to wait until it's uh, cooked. He eats immediately. That's the nature of a lion. Mashenken Azeb, where is a wolf? Because the wolf doesn't eat where he killed the animal. He drags it to back to his lair. Nor nor Only after he he kills it, that's when he takes it back to his uh, lair. As to, um, that is lends itself to you need a pot. In other words, he's looking for the best experience in his meal. As the Michael and the said that he should the, the food that he that he uh, mauled should be edible to him in a more enjoyable way. Not that he has to look over his shoulder. Maybe there's a hyena coming to from this side or from that side. Toim said that you should enjoy it better. In other words, that's the meaning of a pot. A pot means you, the food that you have should be prepared in a more enjoyable way. So a wolf has a need for a pot. So what does this mean in terms of how we're talking about as a preparation for the mitzvah? After you've done all the earlier preparations for the mitzvah, kayit, sabo, which are represented by the drying and the bringing it into the light and changing it and sabo and then transferring it, and even in the case where you need a transfer of ownership in those rare cases that you need it before it comes to the Jewish ownership <coughs> after you've done all those three only after that comes an additional preparation from the mzeiv that the uh, that the wolf does which is dictated through the pot as the mitzvahs Whatever you've accomplished till now, the wolf looks for an even better, an ultimate, the absolute best way in which you can prepare this in order to do the mitzvah in the best way. That's represented by the pot. Now, Pisa is moving. According to this, we can understand that the Bavli Azli, that the Bavli and the Yishalmi continue in their different way of looking at things in this matter. According to the Bavli since the Bavli always looks to the present and they do it immediately, you have the opportunity to do it now. Is from and that the present doing it now immediately overweighs, outweighs waiting till later, even though you'll have a bigger crowd later. 
The Rebbe is the Bavli Nish Goyres them fall from Zev Meichek That's why the Bavli doesn't even look to this pot, uh, uh, the wolf that represents the pot, which represents waiting and to, to do it in the most perfect way possible. The Bavli doesn't look at that. The Bavli says, do it now, even though it's not the most perfect way possible. This preparation of going to a further perfection is not really necessary. By that you give up doing it now, immediately. Whereas according to Yerushalmi, as the Hidr Ba'asid is Gaivir Machriel Lagab the Minyaf and Zizim Agdimin, as we said before, the fact that in the future you'll be able to do it in a better way by having a bigger crowd overweighs doing it immediately. Is a Moisif, that's why the Yerushalmi adds a further perfection, that there's also the perfection that is represented by the wolf that sells pots. Pasinyana is the hidden meosid, which me, which represents an even greater degree of perfection that can only be realized in the future, of course. But the Yerushalmi is interested in that, whereas the Bavli doesn't is not in, into that, and therefore doesn't mention the uh, preparation that is uh, represented that is offered by the wolf. The chiluk anal tishim bavli yerushalmi. This difference between the bavli yerushalmi gefintmen kemat mefurish in the Mishnah. We find it almost explicitly in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says chal yom kippurim leaves be'erev Shabbos. If yom kippur fell out on Friday, so they had carbonus which they brought on yom kippur. For instance, the seir shlo yom kippurim, the goat which was brought as a carbon chatas on yom kippur which has to be eaten, you couldn't eat it on Yom Kippur, because it's a fast day. So the meat is still permitted to be eaten at night, which is Shabbos. The Friday was Yom Kippur, the next day is Shabbos, so Friday night, which is already after Yom Kippur, you can eat the meat of the carbon that was brought that day. Mechala Erev, so it was eaten that night, the later Shabbos is on Friday night, even though they were not permitted to cook it on Shabbos, because you can't cook on Shabbos. So what did they do? How did they eat it? Bavlim, so the Gemaras, the Mishnah says, the Bavlim, the people from Babylonia, which means the Kainim from Chutzla Aretz, the Kainim that came from Bavel, and they worked in the Beis Amigdash, they would eat it raw on Friday night. The locals, the Yerushalayim, the people, the Yekayinim that lived in Eretz Yisrael, they didn't partake of raw meat. The Bavlim, they ate the meat raw. Chach, as by Essen, the Mesoyer, Roya, hate, felt in the Shleimus, the Kikim, for Mitzvah, Zachilus, Kachim. Even though when you eat meat, which is raw, it, you lack in the perfection of the Mitzvah of eating Kachim. It's a Mitzvah to eat Kachim. And there's even a way in which you're meant to eat kachim, the holy sanctified meat, which is l'mashcholegdula. It has to be eaten with eminence as an important thing. That not that you eat a raw piece of meat. That's not called eminence. That's not called eating it like a king. But the kachim was meant to be eaten that way, as the pasuk says l'mashchol, which Rashi interprets as legdula. So when you eat meat raw you're of course not fulfilling this perfection of eating kachim the way they should be eaten. But still, the Bavli made it. When can you call it that you're eating it with eminence, 
like a king would eat it. That's only if it's cooked in some way, prepared in some way. Afal became is the Mishnah Medaya, because Dafka Bavlim The Mishnah tells us that it was the Bavlim that ate it when it was raw. Because they wanted to fulfill the mitzvah by the Eshtemeglachkeit as soon as it was uh, possible, which is Friday night. Actually, the, of course, if you didn't eat it Friday night, you couldn't eat it at all because after Friday night it was nicer, it was considered to be past the due date and you couldn't eat it at all. But the Bavlin, they said, we have an opportunity to eat the meat. It's not, it's not in the best way possible, but we can do the mitzvah. Mashenk in <clears throat> but the kainim of Eretz Yisrael, the Baal says nishkei mitzvah behidur, because of what could not be fulfilled as a mitzvah in a perfect way to eat a piece of meat from a carbon, as cooked or roasted or some way in which it would be considered with eminence. The gefint That's why they chose not to. They didn't eat that meat. They left it for the bavlim. So they wanted, when they're performing a mitzvah, they have to do it with perfection. The Bavlim were more interested in, there's an opportunity for a mitzvah now? Yes, it's not perfect, but it's a mitzvah, we'll do it now. So we see that the Mishnah points out this difference between the way the Bavlim approached the fulfillment of a mitzvah. You have an opportunity, do it even though it's not perfect. Whereas the Eretz Yisrael, the Yerushalmi, they had to have it done in the most perfect way, and if not, they even opted not to do the mitzvah. It wasn't an obligation for them. They weren't violating a mitzvah by not eating it. They just didn't participate in that mitzvah. Yudalif. Al also based on all of this, yesh is Now we can explain the difference between the targum oculus and the targum, the other targum, in the way they interpret the Pasuk now that we finished explaining the whole Siyam of Masech the Kedushin we go back to the question that he asked about the Pasuk the Chiluk from the Tzvayter Gumim is what is the difference between the way the, uh, the two interpretations according to the Targum Unkulus and Yerinus uh, Amin the difference is Targum Unkulus is the Targum from Bavel <clears throat> targum Unculus was written in Bavel. Mashenk and Targum Yenisim Nazil, the Targum from Eretz Yisrael. Rav Yenisim Nazil wrote his, his interpretation in Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalmi. So that's, they would follow the same uh, thought process of Bavli or Yerushalmi. And therefore, they, as I said, they go according to their thinking. Uh, in the meaning from the Yamazayev Yitrov, also in this matter of Binyamin, who is compared to a wolf. Whether the wolf is a part of the prepara- preparation steps of the mitzvah, or that it's not part of it, as he explained before. According to the Targum Yonison, which is from Eretz Yisrael, is Binyamin Ze'ev Yitrov Da'achonav Achshara to the Hemshech HaPasek Babayka Yechel Ad Olo'erev Yechalek Shalom. This pasuk binyamin ze'ev yitrov is meant as a preparation for the next part of this pasuk, which says, "In the morning he devours his plunder, and in the evening he distributes his spoils." What is that talking about? Rashi explains. This is talking about 
the bringing of the Karbanas and the eating of the Karbanas. Devourers and so. And the river is Ermetargen. And that's why he explains. So, th- so this Pasuk is the preparation for the, for the Karbanas. And the river is Ermetargen. Bachsante Yasvene Beis Mikdosho. That's why he interprets it as in the where Binyamin lives in his par- portion of Eretz Yisrael will be the base Hamikdash, meaning the entire building of the base Hamikdash. The base Hamikdash is a of Achsharot because the base Hamikdash is a necessary preparation for the Karbanas. Why necessary? Rambam, as the Rambam says, as the base Hamikdash is bias. The Ramam describes that the purpose, the function of the Beis Hamikdash is a place where you will bring karbonus. That's what the meaning of the Beis Hamikdash is—a place to bring karbonus. So, in order for a carbon to be brought, it needs the Beis Hamikdash at least, uh, even though halachically maybe not, but at least it is the purpose of the Beis Hamikdash to have karbonus brought. So, for karbonus to be brought. It needs the backup of the Beis Hamikdash. Unkeshem vigeret friyin, just like as we mentioned before, as inyan as a vice of the hid of shleimus and the achon of that the wolf represents that ultimate perfection in the preparation for the mitzvah. Alder elzeh is being in a similar way. It also pertains to this. Hakrovas hakabonis ken zayna filaments is nishtok and beis bias kibsak alochem akrim avishem bias. Essentially, halachically, the bare bones of the halacha is that you could bring a carbonus even if there is no base amigdash. As clearly stated, that you can bring the carbonus even though there's no base amigdash. This is but it's self understood. It goes without saying. That when you bring your carbon on a mizbeach, which is a part of the entire compound of the base amigdash. It's part of. It's in the courtyard of the base amigdash. Is thus a shleimus in inyan mizbeach va'karbonus that brings a greater perfection to the mizbeach and to the karbonus that you're bringing. Whereas if you're lacking the base amigdash, so then you have you have the mizbeach and you're able and permitted to bring a carbon. But obviously, it's going to be a much greater, a much more beautiful mitzvah when it's a part of that glorious base amigdash. That's why the Yerushalmi, the Targum Yerushalmi Nazil, when he talks about Karbonus, Binyamin, uh, as regards to Karbonus, he, ter- he talks about it in terms of it's part of the Beis Amigdash. That's how you bring a carbon, when it's part of the Beis Amigdash. Mashengen le Targum Unculus. Whereas the Targum Unculus, Targum from Bavel, which is from the Bavel, is that inyan az eib nish mukhrach in the achan of achsharif in the mitzvah? The wolf is not even necessary. He doesn't even mention it as a part of the preparation for a mitzvah because the Babli is not looking for that absolute perfection. It's rather do it in any way possible immediately. When the ribir is a targum and inyan az inyan az eib vaist of the ikram achuvin in the mitzvah. That's why when he interprets the eib in this pasuk, which means. That Binyamin and the uh, is in the Beis Hamikdash is in his prop in his portion. What's the Beis Hamikdash? It means the Karbonus as the pasuk continues. 
is in the mitzvah Krabas Hakarbanis versus Merumas in the Hemshra Pasuk Babaki Yechel Ad, as we said before, that this Pasuk is actually re- referring to the bringing of the Karbanis. Vos dos is der inu von Bach Santa Yasun Mikdosha. That's why the Bavli says that's the meaning of this Pasuk, that in his portion will be the Mikdosh. And by the Mikdash, he doesn't mean the base Hamikdash, the building. He means was made makom muktush ladamim, as the Raga Chava says that the the targum unkulus means the Mikdash here is referring to the bringing of karbonus, not to the building, which is not essential to the bringing of karbonus. It's talking about the mizbeach itself, that inyufan zrikus adam. The uh, sprinkling of the blood, what the kapara is bedam, and we know that the the purpose of a carbon is to bring atonement, and that happens to the blood. So that is what it's talking about. The the bavli is not looking for the the carbonus on their most in their most glorious way. It's talking about if you have a mizbeach, bring a carbon. That's what's important. That's how they describe the quality of of Binyamin's land. That that's where the mizbeach will be. Is the base hamigdash there? Irrelevant. That's not what the issue is. We're looking at the at the core of the issue, which is karbanis. Do you need a base hamigdash there? Yes, if you want to have the most beautiful one. But do you need the most beautiful way to do it, or should you do it whatever way possible? The Bible says do it any way possible. That's why it doesn't say base migdasha. So based on this, it would seem, at least it would seem that as das is a that this presents a difference in actual alocha. In a foul, if you have a situation where you have the ability to build the mizbeach only, not the beis amigdash, you can bring build the mizbeach and bring karbonus. What should you do? According to the Bavli, your Unculus is Yesh Makam Lamer, one could say, Get busy building a Mizbeach and start bringing Karbonus immediately. Since you can immediately fulfill the Mitzvah of bringing Karbonus. Even though it's not the most choice, the most perfect way of bringing of a carbon while uh, doing the mitzvah because we baldas and shtagim bais because you don't have the base amigdash behind it, so you have just a lone mitzvah, a lonely mitzvah. But at least you have a mitzvah, so do it that way. Mashenkin l'dasir yishalmi, but according to yishalmi, targim yenis menazil daf memvartin mitakravas agabonus bizme vetboy in the mitzvah. You have to wait. Don't bring any carbonus. Wait until the base hamigdash is built. For medaf habma as the akravas agabonus al mizbeach zayim b'shleimis yezer because you to do a mitzvah you have to do it in the most perfect way possible. Don't do a less than perfect mitzvah now and and so as long as you have a mitzvah wait until you can do it in the most perfect way. So don't just bring the carbonus because you have a mizbeach. Wait until the whole base hamigdash is built. And then you can bring a carbon in the way it should be. Similar to what we said before, that it's the bavlin, the Mishnah said, the bavli kayanim would eat the meat raw. 
the Yerushalmi waited. They didn't eat. They didn't participate in that mitzvah because you can't do it in the perfect way. So you don't do it. Or they didn't do it, or they waited until the ne- when there would be an opportunity to eat a carbon when it's cooked. 